Happy Sunday, PJ Glasser, Denton Day with you. Final Sunday of February here on the BetQL Network, Sunday's Bets. Got some live college basketball going on. South Florida up 43-33 to on SMU, 17 minutes to go in the second half. Creighton's making a little bit of a run. They're down 751-44 to St. John's. And Maryland is just putting the foot on the pedal against Rutgers, 45-27, to the Terps up on the Scarlet Knights. So my live bets, Creighton's the only one that's looking okay for me. Need SMU to make a little bit of a run. Rutgers just looks absolutely dead. Their offense is putrid. And that line movement, Denton, uh, before the game, it looked like those people knew what they were doing, betting the Terps today. Somehow Rutgers' defense, which is what they're known for, I feel like, in the Steve Peichel era of Rutgers basketball, just botched a triple team help and it led to Ju- Juju Reese spinning for a dunk. That's like it's it's one of the more unthinkable things I've seen for a Steve Peichel coach team. How you let him split a triple team, one singular dude split a triple team without dribbling the basketball and it resulted in two points. The team has scored a whopping seven points. In seven minutes, I thought they could not score any less than 18 points, and they won't. They'll eventually score as the half progresses. I don't know. I don't but know. hot damn, PJ, they got me close. Then I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, you know, what I'm watching right now, I, I don't know if they even crack 10 points this half. We'll see. Absolute disaster. However, there is a lot to be excited about, though, for uh, Rutgers basketball next year. They have two of the top players coming in in the class. So, uh, might it might be a little bit of a struggle offensively for Rutgers this year, but next next year they they got two studs coming in, so uh, certainly I'm could be. This game off is Creighton St. John's going better? Because I'm not watching. Oh yeah, Creighton St. John's just from a, a watch perspective is by far the best game right now. The pace up and down. St. John's looks really good. Like this is what a Rick Patino team looks like they're 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 playing this is the best game i've i've seen them play in quite a while they look really good today creighton's going to be an interesting team in the tournament you know i think their draw is going to be really important for them last year i thought they got a really good draw i'm looking at some of the mocks and some of the brackets for them and uh you know in my head i would kind of be like oh i could see creighton get to the elite eight i could even see him maybe get into the final four obviously we saw the potential against uconn on wednesday and when they're hitting their three-pointers they are a really really tough team to beat but uh, yeah, St. John's looks really good I, today. Another team. I'm mad, who, uh, PJ. I'm. I'm. Hold on. I'm. I, I got to get this off my chest because I just flipped this game on. I, I hadn't seen it. You know how sometimes uh, teams will they'll post their jerseys before games, right? Like this is what we're wearing today. Everybody get hype. I don't know if St. John's is having like a whiteout of sorts. I mean, they play at the Garden, so I don't. I don't know if they would do like a a full blown whiteout. Yeah, Madison Square Garden. I think they still play the Garden, right? They do. I think they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I would have known Rick Pitino was going to be in all white suit, I would have bet St. John's. That dude looks like the Godfather on the sidelines. Had I been given that information, I would have hammered them. I didn't realize he was going to be walking like he had a, a fresh plate of chicken parm in the kitchen of a, a local Italian spot, waiting for him. I, I had no idea. I would not. I wish that information was presented to me before I made this wager. You're not beating white suit, Rick Patino. 
He's looking like Slick Rick today. Yeah, that white he's suit would have gone. He's giving you the gobbledy and the goop. Yeah, that that handicap would have that suit would have gone into the handicap. Maybe instead of being two and a half point dogs, they would have been like two and a half point favorites, according to Denton. I mean, the suit clearly that means a lot six to and the a point, half point favorites. <laughs> well, yeah, you right know, have now, you ever have you ever rocked a white suit before? That's like Never. an insanely bold fashion choice to make. At the oh. garden of all places. Could could never pull off a white suit. So yeah. You're you're right. That's it's an impressive impressive look to pull off. He's certainly doing that, and his team is uh playing really well today. Also, Dan, let's get into some NFL news. I want to get your thoughts on this. Eric Bieniemy is changing jobs yet again. He is leaving Washington after Dan Quinn brings in Cliff Kingsbury as his OC. He's going to head out to UCLA, and he is going to join the Bruins as an associate head coach and become their offensive coordinator out in Los Angeles this year. There were some rumors that when Bieniemy was going to move on with the Chiefs before he took the commander job, that maybe he would be the head coach for USC. That didn't work out, obviously, but now he is heading out to LA and he's going to be the OC for the Bruins. Did you like this pickup for UCLA? And for people listening, you obviously watch very, commander's games very closely. You break it down every week on the air um, during the season. How how do you think Bieniemy is going to be in college? Do you think his offense, especially with how much he wants to throw, and now you're going into the Big Ten with a lot of those teams that like to run the ball, lean on their defense, do you think that's going to be a good fit for UCLA when you know they might have to head to Evanston or they might have to head to Iowa City or Minneapolis in December? Good fit is not the term that I would use for Eric Bieniemy in college. Like Eric Bieniemy is known for what, PJ? Offense. He's kind of a hard ass. Okay, that's He good. yells a lot. Over the past let's just say 3 years. What is one thing that college athletes in general maybe don't like anymore and now have the power to do something about it? Being yelled at, you don't coach me the way I want to be coached, I am leaving. And that is that. I'm going to jump in the transfer portal, and you'll see me again when wherever I end up plays the school that you are coaching at, right? So from that standpoint alone, I was stunned by this move. Because the one thing that he is really good at is yelling at people. That's, that's one of the reasons why things didn't necessarily go great in Washington, there is a, I don't even think it's a thin line necessarily, PJ. I think it's a very big, bright, bold line on hard coaching and being a hard ass. I don't, like, and Eric Bieniemy was way more on being uh, obnoxious with the way that he yelled. And from what I've heard, uh, downright demeaning at times the way that he was coaching guys than just being your traditional hard coach. So, I have, quite frankly, no idea how this is going to work, but I do struggle in breaking down the potential scenarios. I struggle to find a way where this is massively positive. Unless you have a quarterback that ends up just being God's gift to college football and God's gift to UCLA, I, I don't know if his offense is suited for college. Now, his offense that he tried to run in Washington is likely going to be way different 
than what he's going to attempt to run in UCLA just because of some of the parameters that he was given and trying to make Sam Howell look good and you know speed the development up and all of the the nonsense that came with the, the Sam Howell saga in, in Washington. But I don't see a lot of ways where this is ultimately going to be looked at positively. Maybe the recruiting is the benefit because you have a guy that worked with Patrick Mahomes. And that's going to swing a lot of young guys who have grown up watching Patrick Mahomes. But outside of that, you're going to get yelled at playing for Eric Bieniemy, which college kids don't like getting yelled at. And his offense didn't work in the NFL. And I don't know if UCLA is going to have the kind of talent that it will make it work in college. So he's a West Coast guy. Uh, he, He knows the area. So congratulations to that. But this was stunning. To me, I thought he was going to take a year off and then maybe join Kansas City in 2025. I don't know if this is going to be a long term solution for UCLA. I mean, do we even know really like what B enemy wants? Like, does B enemy even know what he wants? Does he ever want to be a head coach? Does he just oh, he want wants to be, to be a head coach? He does want to be a head coach. Okay, he wants to be a head coach, but for whatever reason, there is something that does not click there, and it yeah. is. To the point now where either he needs to make an adjustment with the way that he goes about things, which is, I mean, that that is the answer. He needs to make an adjustment with the way that he goes about things because he is, at times, demeaning. That is something I've heard from multiple people around the organization here in Washington, and that doesn't fly anymore. It just doesn't. And you can say, well, he won championships in Kansas City, and that is true, but Kansas City has also won championships without him. So it's not like he was the wheel that was making that car move. The wheel wears number 15, and number 15, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Uh, the wheel is 15, and the other wheel is a guy that really likes cheeseburgers that stands on the sidelines who has a mighty fine mustache. Those are the guys that moved that ship. So the enemy has success with winning organizations, but he has not proven that he himself is a key element of that success. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, like I know the guys does. in Kansas City love him, but that did not translate in Washington. No, it it, it certainly didn't. And uh, you know, Hal had some good moments, and the Commanders had some good moments offensively in in games. But it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Obviously, UCLA is trying to rebuild their program a little bit. No more Chip Kelly. You bring in kind of an unproven guy as head coach. You're moving conferences. I just, I'm interested to see his style in the Big Ten, Denton. Like, obviously, the biggest topic of discussion with these West Coast schools going into the Big Ten, especially the LA schools, when you got to go play games in Northwestern, Iowa, Minnesota in late November, December, and you want to be these West Coast passing attacks. Like, how is that game going to play late in the season? So, I mean, we'll see. We know Enemy's a guy who loves to throw the ball. Going to be interesting if he maybe changes his ways a little bit. And especially, you bring up a good point. Like, he's a hard ass, right? And he's been dealing with NFL players for most of his career. Now you got to deal with college kids who kind of want to be coddled in this era. That's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting dynamic. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, also, some more NFL news. T. Higgins signed the franchise tag for Cincinnati. This was kind of expected, especially for me, Denton. I think since he's going to go all in one more year, they obviously paid Burrow. They still have to pay Chase. And I thought this is the way they would attack it with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd both being free agents. 
there's no question in my mind Cincinnati's going to draft a wide receiver this upcoming year in uh, in the draft. It's just going to be a conversation of whether it's going to be in the first round, second round, third round, whatever it may be, but they're certainly going to draft one, and they're looking for Higgins' replacement because you just you can't pay T and you can't pay Chase and Burrow. There's just no world in which that happens. Certainly they're not going to let Chase walk. So this is what I expected. You franchise T. Higgins, you let Tyler Boyd walk, you draft a wide receiver, and you just hope that whoever you draft ends up being that number two alongside Jamar Chase. So I know a lot of people who like Cincinnati in the futures market. Certainly Burrow was banged up all year. They got off to that shaky start. It was just one of those seasons that really from the start just was never going to go the Bengals' way. The last two years that they made the AFC Championship game uh, before this past season, they were relatively healthy, which kind of it, it tends to catch up with you over the years, and certainly last year it did. But, uh, yeah, I think it's the last year where we're going to see Burrow, Chase, and Higgins all in Bagels uniforms, and it's going to be important that Cincinnati, whatever wide receiver they get, they they better be right on it. And normally, if I'm trusting an organization to draft a wide receiver, Bengals are, are usually towards the top of that list. They they have pretty good success with, uh, with drafting wideouts. So, that's how I kind of see it happening with Cincinnati, but uh, I, I certainly think this is going to be the last year that Higgins is with the Bengals. I would imagine sometime in the next couple of weeks or months, they get the Jamar Chase deal done, by the way. So mm-hmm. just to kind of relieve a little bit of the stress that comes with signing a guy to a long-term deal, I mean, you got to keep Chase and Burrow. That, that should be relatively obvious. But they're in the middle round, or the middle portion of the first round, PJ, I would think that they go offensive line at uh, in in the first round, and that's partially because there are a lot of good wide receivers in this NFL draft. And can you imagine them landing a guy like Keon Coleman in the second round or six yeah. seven Johnny Wilson in the second round? Like, there's going to be somebody available for them in the second round if they want to go wide receiver that could fill that T Higgins kind of role. You let them learn for a year, and then when T Higgins goes elsewhere. You now have a guy that can come in and start to play immediately. Yeah, it's a really good point. And uh, I'm glad you brought up that contract with Chase and maybe the Bengals getting it done this offseason. Obviously, some of the big news over the weekend was the NFL deciding to expand the salary cap, which is going to be huge for teams. It's going to be $30.6 million more this year than it was last year. Like, Denton, if I'm the TV Houston money. Texans... <laughs> If I if I'm the Houston Texans, I know it's only been a year, but I I mean, is is there anyone out there who doesn't think CJ Stroud's going to be good? Like you know, the price for him is only going to go up. I, I would think about maybe entertaining a long term deal with CJ potentially. And again, he's got his rookie year deal, so it, it's kind of well, crazy to get something done this early. Years. Yeah, they probably will, but. Man, you start thinking about that stuff. Obviously, Will Anderson was just defensive rookie of the year as well. So, man, good for the Texans hitting on both their draft picks. And certainly the Bengals will try and uh, lock up Jamar Chase as well. More Sunday's bets on the other side of the break.